Hey guys, this is Pastor Q, and on this week's episode, respect, don't demand it. All right, welcome back to X with Q, a 10-minute podcast to help you lead healthy from ministry to the marketplace. My name is Brad, and as always, I'm here with Pastor Mark Q. Oh, here we go. Okay, Pastor Q, in our staff meetings, uh, you'll open the the Bible, (laughs) and uh, you'll just say, hey, open up to this passage. This happened this week, Joshua 4, 14 through 18, and you'll bring something fresh. um, And uh, this one, this time we looked at a significant moment in Joshua's life. You want to talk a little bit about what? it also struck me because a couple of days earlier I was just reading and I was writing a message for the weekend and this had nothing to do with what I was going to talk about. But when I read it, this line just popped out at me and I was like, my goodness. And it's Joshua, you know, four. And of course he's, he's leading the Israelites over the Jordan river and he tells, he tells them, okay, listen, get out of this, get out of the way, get out of the river, carry the chest, which is carrying the Ark of the covenant. And he says, get out now and then he gives them clear instructions tells them what to do and of course then the waters rose where they would have died and been swept away and it was right after that it was this line that poked out at me it says this is how or that's how the lord showed the israelites that joshua was their leader and for the rest of joshua's life they respected him as they had respected moses and of course you know in the hebrew mind moses it was like jesus moses or or god in Moses. So, I mean, to be, to be compared to Moses, you know what I mean? It's what we do with athletes. We compare a great athlete, Patrick Mahomes, to whoever, a Tom Brady, which, by the way, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won <laughs> the Super Bowl, just like making sure everybody knows that. But that's what we do with young leaders. We compare them to the greats of old, you know what I mean? So, but it was the line that this is, this is how, so I, I asked the staff, how, what is it? This is how, how what? And so what you find is Joshua did a couple of intricate things in this passage that garnered him the respect for the rest of his life by his people he was leading, number one, and then he's compared to greatness. So what was it? One, I mean, clearly, listen, when you talk to people, make sure your word is your word. If you tell them they're gonna, something's gonna happen, you pick them up at the airport at four o'clock, you're gonna call them next tomorrow, let your credibility rises and falls on you keeping your word. And, and by the way, we live in a culture where nothing is credible anymore. So it, it's, I say it's real easy to create credibility right now, just be faithful to what you say. So uh, that's one of the things he said. He gave them specific, clear instructions was another. He told them, anybody we're leading, be clear and concise and complete, right? He told him. He just didn't say, hey, get out of the water. He told him specifically what to do. Mm. So one, he kept his word because they went, wow, this guy was right. He told us this would happen, and it did. So there it is right there. Mm-hmm. There's integrity right there. Yeah. The second thing was he was clear. He gave them clear instructions on how far to get out of the river and what to do. I think we have a lot of integrity sometimes as a leader, but because we're not communicating clearly enough, there's too much ambiguity, and they don't understand. They're like, well, I don't know what he meant. I don't know. Guess what? It makes the people following you very insecure mm. and insecure about you. Mm. It's not insecure about anything, else, but like, well, does this guy know what he's doing? Because I don't understand him. So we have to – it's not what we say. It's what they hear, right? It's not what we say. It's what they understand. Mm. So he, they knew exactly what get out this far. It says – the scripture actually says when their feet hit the high ground – 
So it just wasn't run out. He was specific. And then one of the last things um, that he did was in our context for our organization, you know, a life-giving church, it was you used the word of God to pave the way for what you are telling people. When you use the word of God on people, it's not a weapon to hurt people. It's actually a weapon to free people. Wow. And that's the idea. If the word was meant to bring life, not to bring chains, not to bring enslavement. So when he said the word, this is what God told me, come up out of the river. What the word did is protect them from danger. And what the word did was put them in a spot so they could be blessed. If you use God's word like that, you'll get a lot of people and you'll build a lot of credibility. Yeah, you know, one of the things you also said in that mm-hmm. talk too is how the word of God opposes selfishness. I mean, how, how does that play with, you know, maybe leaders, maybe not yeah. great leaders who are grasping for respect? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you need to be respected by somebody, then you got a problem. We have to have a whole other conversation because bottom line is respect is earned. Respect is earned. And we have a tendency right now in our culture to give one, one, we tend to give respect away too, too quickly. That's number one. And then number two, we also tend to feel like we're entitled to respect. In reality, respect comes from accomplishment. I respect you. I don't care if we're talking about Michael Jordan, LeBron, or it doesn't matter. I respect you because look at what you're accomplishing, whether or not it's in my field of industry or not. One of the reasons why the Bible opposes selfishness is because what is supposed to be placed on a pedestal up above everything else, the word of God, which is God's voice, is supposed to rise above my preferences. So what happens is selfishness says me, selfishness says what I want to do, selfishness says what makes me feel good, selfishness says how is this going to benefit me. When you're a minister in any denomination, it doesn't matter, and you're ministering God's voice, which is his word, that has to be the preeminent thing and has to everything else has to come subservient to the word. So that's why it opposes selfishness, mm-hmm. and me, which is also a form of pride, and the scriptures are clear that God opposes the proud. They're, they're pol- they polarize one another. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace or his strength or his mercies mm-hmm. to the humble. Right. So what would you say to a leader who is uh, struggling to command respect in their leadership? Yeah, I would say, and, and by the way, I don't want to make it sound like respect is a bad thing. The reason why sometimes we have an appetite, I like to say, or a craving for respect, because it makes us feel valued. It, there's nothing wrong with being feeling like you want to be valued, or there's nothing wrong with being valued or being respected. It's just how great of an appetite is it and what to what extent will you do to get full from it? Right. So, so the idea, what I would say is start with little decisions. Now, I'm going to decide to say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to show up at 8 o'clock. In the everyday small things, be credible. Mm. In the everyday small things, just be credible. I don't care whether you're a church leader or a small organization leader or an entrepreneur. In the little, if you have one employee, you have 1,000 employees. Just whatever you're going to do, the little things. Just be good with the little things, whatever they are, and create little wins every day for your decisions. In other words, I'm going to decide to meet you at 8 o'clock for breakfast. Show up at 7.55. Do that three times in a row, and I guarantee you, you start building credibility. Right. If you're leading people and you're going to say, hey, we're going to do this, the bottom line is don't bite off more than you could chew. You could say, don't oversell and underdeliver, right? Just say, hey, I really believe we're going to accomplish this. And if we do that, then we can do this. Right. Plot the course, but use small steps to build the credibility because the more small steps of credibility you garner, you then get the latitude to take huge leaps. Right. 
You so know? Joshua was respected as the leader because he listened to God's voice. And that, that works really well in a ministry context. Obviously, we, we have to hear from from God you know, each, each right. and every week, no matter what decision we're making. Sure. Speak to marketplace leaders for a minute. How does it work in that sphere of influence? How do they hear God's voice in maybe a business situation that doesn't involve ministry? And, you know, what does it look like to be obedient to his voice in that context? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, the great thing that I'm so blessed with and so fortunate with is that I didn't grow up in necessarily professional ministry and was a marketplace leader and entrepreneur before I came, became a pastor. So the whole idea is this, what does your life stand for? This very simple question, what does your life stand for? So when your life stands for something, if it stands for God and his values and moving his kingdom forward, the tool that you use can be your business. That is what it's intended to do. So if you want your business to be successful, then what you have to ask yourself is, if when I have this success, how is this success going to move the kingdom forward? Or is it just buy me more things? Or is it just get me more things? And by the way, nothing wrong with those things. But Asking ourselves as a marketplace leader, how can I hear God's voice? It's the principles and apply it. See, the, the God's voice is for us. See, I think that's what we forget. Sometimes we think God's voice is for everybody else but us, but God's voice is for us. So when he says, love your neighbor, he's not saying, love your neighbor who you go to church with. He's saying, love your neighbor, period. They may go to church with you, or they may just work for you, or they just may work around you. But he's like, love your neighbor. So you always, always emulate the principles, even in your business. And then the success of your business, the question to ask is, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God want my business successful? Of course he would, because what I'm going to do is do everything. I just get more tools to move his kingdom forward. Thanks for listening to X with Q. For more leadership content, hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with a friend. See you next time.